What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, Connor. Hey. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Um, we're going to talk about today um, life balls. The life balls. Yeah. The life balls. So we're going to talk about juggling these five life balls um, and how we can better bring them into balance so we can live a better life. Mm-hmm. You know what I just thought of? <laughs> what did you just think of? Um, <laughs> I was just thinking for people listening, yeah. if, if they wanted to turn this episode into a drinking game, I think we'll be saying the word balls a lot. So every time we say balls, take a drink of your protein shake? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a great idea, Connor. Okay. <laughs> so off our, <laughs> off our last um, episode, you asked me at the end, what was uh, one of my power songs right now? Oh, yeah. And I didn't really know. I gave yeah. you kind of some BS, like, uh, Imagine Dragons. But, okay, so <laughs> I was in the car, and I realized, do you remember when we were playing the Greatest Showman soundtrack? Oh, yes. That is the ultimate power song <laughs> it if is. I've ever heard of power. It's still, like, you, if, you've, if you guys never experienced watching a CrossFit class get down to the greatest show. <laughs> it's awesome. The greatest show. It's, it's amazing. You should go to it. Yes. I love All right, that. Let's get focused. Yeah, okay. Great. Um, so juggling your life by the balls. So the metaphor here is there's five balls in everybody's life. Um, mm-hmm. And they are family, friends, health, spirit, and career. Mm-hmm. So that's five of them. Yes. Four of those are glass and one is rubber. So mm-hmm. the four glass balls are family, friends, health, and spirit. And the one rubber ball is car- uh, career. Mm-hmm. So basically what this means in a nutshell is we are constantly trying to juggle these five balls and the one that will always bounce back if you drop it is career. Mm-hmm. So um, if you drop one of your glass balls or you set it aside, you could scuff it, it could break. And it's just, just there's just more implications on damaging them mm-hmm. um, for good. And it's really hard to correct glass balls. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's the big metaphor that we're going to surround this whole talk with. Um, so what are your initial thoughts about this, Connor? So initially when you told me about this metaphor, it's this whole idea of balance, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at my life, I immediately feel out of balance. 
I almost always am exactly the opposite of this med- metaphor. So I always treat work as my glass one. Work is always yeah. my glass ball. Um, health and spirit, I probably treat with more care and attention. Um, and then my relationship balls are like, I dropped them a long time ago. They have yeah. rolled under the couch. I've lost them. I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we joked um, it. They're now cat toys. Yes, my cat is playing with them somewhere. Um, She's for you when you're ready to pick them up again. Yeah, She's right. Their guard. Guard <laughs> <them>. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've always really, really struggled with this idea of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, work has always been my priority. I spend the majority of my time there. Um, I identify a lot with work and I value work. Um, and I don't know, I was also thinking about this because, and I think you can relate. I'm much more of an introvert. So I am very engaged all day at work and I desperately need alone time to decompress. Um, I do have some advantages of, I, work at a CrossFit gym. So I work with people who, and coworkers and athletes who are my friends. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I think that gives me a sense of like being very social at work. Um, but honestly, my relationships take a backseat to work all the time. Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was my first thought. Um, <laughs> How about you? What was your first thought or your first reaction when you thought about this metaphor? Um, the f- first initial thing was obviously if you can juggle these, you're going to have better work-life balance. And after reading kind of a cool, I guess, viewpoint of the word balance, mm-hmm. we don't, I don't know if we really seek true balance because in a realistic situation, you're, you're not going to have, you know, each one of these in your life equal across the board, right? There's always going to be fluctuations. So I think work life flexibility mm, yeah. is a huge difference. And it makes a lot more sense for a realistic approach to this. So like work life flexibility would look like, um, you, I don't, you want to join. Okay. So you want to join a gym mm-hmm. and the only class you can go to is at five thirty PM. Mm-hmm. But usually at five thirty PM, you would go hang out with one of your friends. Oh, okay. Right. But instead now, um, you've kind of made this little shift and you're going to go from work from, you get off at work at 5 PM. You're going to go work out 530 to 630 and you'll see your friends on the weekend because you know, after you work out, you have to go home to your family. Mm. Right. So it's just yes. like making the shift and now you have a little more flexibility or maybe a better example would be 
like you want to, you want to coach a team. This was kind of specific for me. You want to mm. coach a team when I was coaching rugby. Yeah. Um, I had the flexibility in my job at the time at, at the gym mm-hmm. to say, I can't work Tuesday and Thursday from 4.30 to 7.30 because I have to coach from 5 to 7, you know? Yes. Yeah, you kind of – So we – yeah, go ahead. Oh, you have the flexibility to set up some boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we we want – we truly – I think we truly want is that flexibility because balance, true balance – is kind of unrealistic because you're always going to favor one of these things more than the other. Yeah. I like the idea of flexibility versus balance because balance doesn't exist. Everything's always going to be out of balance. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So I guess me, me personally right now with uh, all five of these balls, Mm -hmm. I'm probably in I, we just said balance, true balance doesn't exist, but this is probably the most across the board that I, I'm touching each one of these <laughs> balls. <laughs> yep. Like I'm, I'm juggling them. I think, I feel like I'm juggling them very well. And the fact that before when I was working at the gym, I lived in Mount Pleasant. So mm-hmm. I was really far from my family and I didn't see them barely at ever. Mm-hmm. I put work kind of like you, like uh, over my friends at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was like, I just graduated college and I have, I'm like, I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so friends really took a back seat, especially like high school friends and things like that, that lived downstate. Yeah. When, I mean, I worked at a gym, my health was like at an all time high, mm-hmm. my spirit, <laughs> I don't know, as far as like religion, I think that took, that has always taken a back seat in my life. And the career was obviously going good because I loved what I did. So back then, though, like career and health like dominated. And though that's like we're not saying that career is a bad thing. I don't think you would ever say that. Like mm-hmm. work, work, that's important. Work is good, especially if you have a job you enjoy. Work is good. Like you should hold on to your rubber ball. We're not saying drop it all the time just for the sake of, you know, it's going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if I was to live that life there forever for the next 20 years, I would be very lonely. Yes. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't. For sure. My family around, my friends would realize that I'm all but given up. You may mm-hmm. have heard some dogs. Play. <laughs> They're playing right now. I have two little dogs. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, work isn't bad. Work is a good thing. Unless you hate your job, then you should make a change. Um, yeah because it will bounce back you can find a, a better job um, Ooh, so tell me more so like when did this shift happen happen for you so when did you start feeling way more balanced with all of these balls Ooh. um it w- it happened when i moved downstate to metro detroit again or last yeah august of this past year so this has recently become aware in my mind that I'm, I'm in a much better place across the board. And the fact that even though I lived in Mount Pleasant versus down here, like I see my family pretty much the same amount. So I'm really glad that I moved downstate and I realized that they're like, mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one that was occupying themselves heavily with work or whatever and being busy. My family was doing the same thing. So I pretty much see them the exact same amount of time. 
except for my sister that I'm like living with right now. And our mm. relationship has gotten way better. So that was like, I don't know. I was almost able to forgive myself. And like, I'm really glad that I moved downstate to try to at least see them more. And I so, do see them more as much. Yeah. As I thought. Oh, that's interesting though. So you're closer to your family, but you mm-hmm. see them about the same amount. Yeah. About okay. the same. My other sister. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My mom a little bit. I see my mom more, but okay. Yeah. It's been pretty much the same, which is super interesting, you know? And yeah. that's been, that's been pretty, it's been good. in the fact that it, it frees me up to be like, okay, I know I'm in the stage of my life where I can go out and get my own thing. I don't have to worry about what my family is doing also. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so since moving downstate, the shift has continued in my friends. Like we, especially my high school friends, like we have connected a lot more than we had in the past five years. It's been really good. Just taking trips together or, um, I don't know, talking about ideas. Like with Corey, mm-hmm. our relationship has kind of blown up in the past two months. We like just talking about ideas and, and life and, and ambitions and things like that. So yeah. it's been really, really good. And just recently, like, I had another friend that I just reconnected with and I'd never thought I would be this good of a friend with this person and connecting with him in this way. Cause he was always like the party animal and like, mm-hmm. uh, he was just way over my head, you know, I'm not that, uh-huh. but recently he's, I don't know, he's made some cool growth and, and so have I, and we've just been really connecting. It's been awesome. Bones, and, you're blossoming yeah. right now. I am. Yeah, you're like you're crushing it in every aspect of your life right now. No, I'm not. I'm about to get to the lowest ball here. Oh, okay. Keep like, going. I'm about to get to like the glass ball that like I'm sitting at the table eating chocolate fudge pop tarts. Like, oh yeah, that <laughs> that ball's over there, huh? And it's health. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, working at the gym is easy to be. It's not okay. It's not easy. You still have to do the work. It's hard to eat right, regardless if you work at a gym or not. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that like we all kind of struggle there in in some way or the other. But health has definitely been the one that I've put in the back seat. Um, And it's been, this is probably the most interesting one, Connor, for me. I don't want to talk about me too much longer. So I'll kind of stop it after this. But um, when I was at my best, like my most skeletal muscle mass. I was strongest, fittest me. Yeah. I was living in Gaylord with Jess. Yeah. And when I was really pursuing that, like I had all the work-life flexibility to go work out and do all that and eat what I needed to eat. Mm -hmm. And everything else around me like fell apart. So I wasn't making advancements in my career at all. Mm. Um, My relationship with Jess was like severely damaged just because I wasn't making that career, those career moves. Mm -hmm. And we felt like I wasn't keeping up and she's right. I I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no connection like with my spirit or like any sort of groundedness. Um, I mean, I didn't have any close friends up there. It's like everything else around me was falling apart in my mind. That's kind of dramatic, but like it wasn't Mm -hmm. up to par what I want it to be but my health was soaring. So in my mind now, like I almost take it as, okay, if I dominate my health, like that takes so much energy for me to do that. Mm -hmm. 
that I don't have energy for other things and that's not worth it to me. So lately I've just been doing, I've been casual about working out. Like I'm doing some bodybuilding and I do the open on Friday and I'm honestly like two to three times a week and it's, it's going to change. I want to work out more and be more fit, but that's mm-hmm. working right now, you know? Yeah, no, that's, so, it, yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. And I yeah. think, and I think that's really common. Like yeah. um, with precision nutrition, they always talk about the price of leanness or the cost of leanness. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you'll get people that say, let's say their goal is I want, six pack abs, right? That's a common goal. They don't, they don't realize people with six pack abs sacrifice a lot. Yeah. They sacrifice relationships. They spend countless hours counting, weighing and measuring everything they eat. They are meticulous and disciplined with their workouts Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think people see that. They just see the aesthetics. See, yeah. Yeah. And they also see like the flash image on Instagram. Mm, yes. Like the perfect moment, you know, which a lot of people put out. Um, mm-hmm. Their highlight reel. See, right. Yeah. They don't see what they actually sacrifice. And I bet if people saw that, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's that's not worth it. Right. <laughs> or like a lot of people we'll do those things for a short period of time and ultimately they're not sustainable long-term. Right. Right. So like you see that picture of, Oh, that person has six pack abs. It's like, yeah, they woke up one morning and they were super dehydrated and they don't actually (laughs) look like that. Like the photo is probably Photoshopped. Um, But actually you're a really good example of, Like, I always like to view health and fitness as a dial. Mm -hmm. So you can, there, there will be times in your life when you can dial up. So when you were in Gaylord living with Jess, you were able to dial up on your health and your nutrition. Yeah. And then there's going to be times in your life where you'll dial down. Um, And actually for you dialing down, you're able to focus on all these other areas of your life and find something that's more balanced and sustainable. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that's interesting too, because like men and women, I don't know. I think a lot of people feel very guilty if they prioritize their health. So they feel, they feel like it's a selfish act to, like go work out, like take an hour in their day to go work out. Um, and I think, I don't know, in, in very like traditional roles, men are generally the providers or they feel like they need to provide. Right. And women often identify with being the caregiver. So in both of those scenarios, both men and women really struggle to care for themselves because they're trying Hmm. to care for others and they're trying to provide for others. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. But yeah, it goes, it goes back to like, um, 
you have to take care of yourself, right? This is one of, this is one of the glass balls. You have to protect and nurture it. And I always think of the airplane videos that they play where they say like, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help others. Right. So if you want to be at your best for all of these other areas of your life and all of the other people in your life, you have to prioritize your health. Like that's one, I don't know, for whatever reason, the health ball is one that I've for the most part has always been like very valuable to me. And Mm -hmm. I've, and I've always put that like pretty high on my priority list. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, you're totally like health should be like one of the most cared for glass ball because without it, you, I mean, yeah, if you're actually really, really sick, you probably can't go to your job. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or if you like in terms of long-term implications of, of juggling these things, health has to be tops just for the reason I said, like if you constantly are, are digging into your career for 15 or 20 years, but you're eating fast food, you're not exercising mm-hmm. or you're, you know, just have no control of it, then yeah, you're probably going to run into some trouble, especially when you get like to retirement age, um, just with your health, you know, mm-hmm. but it's gotta be the most cherished long-term glass ball, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with you for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that long term versus short term. So really, this metaphor stands powerful with the long term. Just like I said, I mean, if you are digging, like I don't want to go into like work is bad, but if you are, we know all know workaholics. Mm-hmm. We know what the idea is. If you are constantly doing that, your family life is probably going to suffer unless you have a partner that's also a workaholic and that's how you guys get down. Mm-hmm. Um, your friends will better be your coworkers. Cause you, I don't know. I don't see the balance, the, the flexibility being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the short term, like you can, let's take health for example. So the short term health, like you can go out on a weekend and have pizza and ice cream and hang out with your friends and have drinks and then still come back Monday and pick up your glass ball and, you know, shake it off and it's okay. Mm, yes. Right. Um, so what, what do you think? Like that's important for people to know. Um, it's also important to know that not to get sucked into the, uh, that, that positive feedback loop of like going out is good. Pizza is good. Ice cream, always good. Mm. So what are some, like tactics to controlling and maneuvering through those periods of like dialing down your health, which is, could be an example of just going out on a weekend. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some good ways to kind of get through that? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like what you said. So in honestly, at any point in time, you could, you could view any of these balls as like your rubber balls. So like, yeah, we're saying, there's four that are glass that you need to care for um, and kind of protect them a little bit more. But at the same time, all of these balls are resilient. So like, it's okay to go out 
with your friends, have pizza, drink beer, um, because your health is resilient in the short term. Right. So like, it's okay to drop that ball for a day or a weekend, as long as you pick it back up and you make your next choice a better one. But like you said, there's a big difference between short-term and long-term. So like Mm -hmm. always looking at the big picture, if you're dropping that health ball every Friday and Saturday night or every other day or every day, that's going to have a big impact over the long term. But if it's like, I don't know, one, one weekend, one vacation every year that you indulge a couple times, I mean, yeah, it's going to bounce back. It's resilient. Yeah. And you could, you could almost say that doing those things is good for your spirit. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like all these things kind of play in together. Like, yeah, go on a vacation, get your beach on, get your, you know, fancy drink Mm -hmm. and just chill out because that's good for your spirit and like your soul and just regrounding and getting back to just uh, and getting into a state of relaxation away from your career. Like, so those things can be, you're you're so right. Like those can can be really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what do you do if you don't feel balanced? Like you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of someone who might be seriously lacking, I don't know, in one of these, one of these categories mm-hmm. um, and you're aware of it and you want to make a change. Like, what do you, what do you think the first step after awareness would be? Oh, Yes. Um, so I can relate to this a lot because I think I generally feel out of balance. Um, I think, yeah, exactly what you just said. First step has to be awareness. Like you have to recognize your own warning signs of burnout. So for me, since I'm prioritizing work above everything else, um, I know what my, my warning signs are. And for me, my warning sign is if my alarm goes off and my first thought is I don't want to go to work, I know right then that I need to take a step back. Um, the first step I usually take is honestly just asking for help which is so hard for most people. And it's actually, it's really hard for me too. I'm getting better at it, but asking for help and giving yourself permission to accept help is tough because for me, I don't want to, I don't want to appear weak. I don't want to appear that I'm not capable I don't want people to think that I'm not a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to admit that I'm not perfect. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's really tough. Does, for... does saying that out, sorry, does saying that out loud, like 
does that make it seem ridiculous in your mind to like even think that oh my gosh like, yeah of course totally no not not a bad teammate <laughs> yes but those thoughts go through my mind right. like especially yeah. I don't want people to think that like I can't handle it I think yeah. I I'm worried that people will view me as weak mm-hmm. um but I'm getting better at asking for help um like if I yeah. start to feel spread really thin um, that's probably the first thing that I would recommend. And that's, it's the hardest, but the easiest thing to do, yeah. um, or just have a conversation with somebody and just say like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And almost mm-hmm. always they'll offer their help. Right. I think it's, I think it's cultural almost that asking for help is makes people feel weak just because of like the cultural like workers mindset we have of, you know, everything has to be on us. And if we ask for help, it's just a sign of weakness and it's just not true. Mm, yeah. So I think that just comes with the, the place that we live and the environment that we're in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People wear, yeah. it's funny, people wear busyness or being busy as a badge of honor yeah, you know what I sure. mean? Like people, but, like you're like, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm busy. Like I'm important. Like, yeah. It's, are you productive? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing something productive for yourself or other people? And you're right. Like what you said before, like if you sit down and talk to someone, they will probably offer help. And it's also away from our culture. It's human nature, I think, to want to help other people. Because that is one thing that will like set our spirit on fire is just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm that I helped you either just through words or action or a gift mm-hmm. and it almost goes into love. Oh yeah. We have to do a podcast about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's almost human nature to want to help, but it's so strange that in our environment, our work environment that asking for it is so, I don't know. We, we all think it's frowned upon. I think mm-hmm. anyone who sat down with this would talk and be like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, there's, um, Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's this interesting concept. Um, it's called Parkinson's Law. Yeah, yeah. And it basically states the more time that you give to work, the more time that you'll fill with work. And this is this has definitely been my experience because I will. I'll work all day. I will come home and I will sit on my computer and keep working, which is hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Don't do that. Yeah. And it's, and <laughs> you know this, like one of my personal goals is just to create a life outside of work. And, and a big part of that is just setting up boundaries. Yeah. Um, so- that almost goes into like a balancing strategy. So like physically writing down boundaries or in your mind, like mm-hmm. telling yourself, like, I am not working, like checking emails. This, this is simple. Checking emails, working on anything past. I think I told you when we were living together in one summer that like, you're not allowed to work past eight. I was just thinking about that. Um, yeah, like you, yes. you are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I so think, those- 
I think I was probably on my computer at the dinner table and you were like, you're not allowed to work anymore past this time. You set a time. And actually you saying that helped a lot because I was like, yeah, you're right. I just needed someone to give me like an end time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like that idea. I like the idea of tracking your time. So if like you use a planner or like a Google Mm -hmm. calendar, like track how you're spending your time and just start to take notice of how much time you're spending devoted to work. Um, And yeah, like set up those boundaries. Um, Yeah. Either if it's like the mental boundary or if it's you actually write in your planner, like, okay, at five o'clock I'm shifting gears and I'm compartmentalizing and work stays at work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And it's Instagram, I found out, has a timer on it now. Yes. You can put it on your phone. Yeah. So I put, oh my God, oh, yeah. I can't tell you how much time I probably wasted on Instagram before I did this, but I put 35 minutes a day. Oh, that's and not very much. No. And I hit it. I honestly hit it most days and I go a little past. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was—it's like eye-opening to think of what I was doing before, and like you can—you can—you know—you can go on your phone and like check how much time you've been on each app, yeah, or how much screen time total. Like my phone every Sunday night sends me the average uh, hours per day, mm-hmm. and how like the percentage. So I don't know why I'm talking about this. I'm kind of ranting. No, I love this. Yeah, it's—it's it's just I don't know time management, I guess, and if if. One thing I've kind of come to realize about myself too is that goes to other people. If you're like really struggling with like time with your friends, but you're on Instagram or Facebook or on your phone for over five hours a day, which is easy to get to, honestly, for a lot of people, you are, you're fucking up like big time. Yeah. Because so much wasted time, unless it's for, you're on Instagram, like building your business or putting out good content during your business hours, like you are screwing it up. And that's just long-term. Like we said, it's down a path of you're probably going to be quite a bit, quite lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would challenge anybody that if you haven't checked that, go check how much time you spend on your phone or on those apps or like working um just try to be aware of it and set boundaries yeah if you think it's too much you know if you don't think it's too much then there's no problem um but if you are unhappy and you you know you need to make a change and that would be the first place to start yeah there's so much wasted time i think it's looking at how much time you spend on social media and like you said, it's easy. People might be shocked to learn that they spend five hours a day on social media, um, yeah. which is not uncommon. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's a big sign that you're you're just not yeah. present in your life at all. Right. Because yeah, it's like totally. you're just so passive and you're just scrolling on your phone. So, yeah, you're not actually engaging with your friends and family. You're probably yep. on your phone looking at social media. Connor, this is great. I, we knew this was going to go off the walls. So 
<laughs> doing being i don't know why we're on social media so much this is not going to be a social media bashing episode, we love social media <laughs> it's a very powerful tool it can be used for many good yeah. things but it can like you said lead you to be very passive and this is what i've realized in the past month and a half i'm sorry if you hear a little dog barking she's <laughs> a monster she's very cute though um Instagram especially is entirely reactive. Okay, so tell me if more. If you're scrolling, yeah. if you're scrolling through your feed, it wants you to like things. It even shows you things that it knows you're prone mm-hmm. to like. Right? There's people out there that there's engineers that know how to make you stay on the app for the most amount of time possible because they want you to use their app because there's ads and so it's all mm-hmm. money and all that stuff. So it's entirely reactive. You're just going through liking things, liking things, liking things. And if you don't think that has power to then proceed into your career life or your friend life or your family life, then you're not getting it. Because if you spend so much time doing that, then you're just probably passive and reactive towards friends wanting to hang out. You're waiting for your friends to call you. For mm, yeah. You're waiting for the next big career to show up as an indeed posting, mm-hmm. which is what I'm for. I've just checked indeed all for my next big career. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not, or you're waiting for oh, anything, mm-hmm. you know, instead you can be proactive on Instagram which is what I think I'm shifting into now is if I'm on the app, I'm doing something. I'm no longer searching through the feed at what LeBron James is doing, even though I think it's great. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not looking at fucking whatever. Just stuff I don't even remember. Yeah. You know, I'm proactive. So I'm thinking of stuff I can post. I'm, I'm going and I'm reaching out to people through messages and seeing how I can pr- help promote them if they help us. And it's just mm-hmm. trying to build a relationship through there because it can be a powerful tool. But man, you're so right. It's so reactive and it can be, lead you to be such a passive mindset. Mm-hmm. I um, Oh, boy. <laughs> I have two thoughts. So one thing that Corey talked about on a previous episode was he went into his Instagram and he limited his the people who he was following to like a hundred or less. Yeah. Yes. Right, yeah. I did. We both did that. Yes. Done that? Um, yes. Yeah. When he talked about that, I immediately went into my phone and did that. And it automatically freed up so much of my time. Right. Because you get through your feed much quicker and you're only following <laughs> people that you really care about or people that yeah. really inspire you. So it's a completely right. different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And then another thought I had is, honestly, I should delete the Facebook app from my phone. <laughs> yeah. Because then I would be way more intentional with getting on Facebook because I would literally just have to log in on my computer versus just being on my phone very passively. And I wish, honestly, if I didn't use Instagram for work, I'd probably delete the Instagram app from my phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with something that was on my mind and you just said it. Oh, yeah. So I've always said that. I've always said, oh, if I didn't have work, our work page mm-hmm. on Facebook, I would delete Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
I've deleted Facebook plenty of times and it always comes back. But <laughs> that's just an example. Like we're rationalizing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're totally so, right. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Time spent rationalizing the mediocre, which I would argue that everything that comes with Facebook, even if you just keep it for work, you're probably scrolling through it. Mm-hmm. Mindless things like that are mediocre. Yeah. So time spent rationalizing, i.e. Um, I need it for work is rationalizing. Yeah. It. Could be creating the magnificent. So you could be out there doing whatever. <laughs> Your mind could be anywhere else instead of it's on an app. Uh, Bones, you're so right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm not saying delete Instagram because you do a lot of you're you're very proactive on it. If you guys don't, if uh, someone's listening, you don't follow her. She she she's very good at Instagram. Oh, thanks, Bones. <laughs> but don't delete it. But I don't know. We're just ranting, huh? Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> balance. Okay. Let's, let's go back on track. Balance. Yeah. Um, Bones, what strategies do you use in your life? To create balance, I meditate. Oh, okay. And, um, especially in the past month and a half, I feel more grounded and aware of things than I ever have in my entire life. Wow. So I'm, I'm like hyper conscious of things I say to people now, where before I would just kind of just be nervous about what I said and just like probably wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like working with patients in physical therapy, um, I heard someone say, like, I don't know where I heard this, but saying the words, oh, that sucks, or, oh, this is the worst. Mm. Like, those often fall on mute ears. And I understand, like, saying something is the worst is, like, just a cute little joke or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's still like a shitty mindset (laughs) like this is clearly not the worst whatever it is i we can think of something worse also saying like this sucks like i caught myself this week doing it several times and i'm really happy because i was aware of it oh Um, yes like like, um to like a friend he, he like hurt his shoulder and he told me how and i was like oh that sucks how does that help that person? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and immediately when it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, come back. Like I wanted to bring them back those words. Cause like, oh, fuck. like that doesn't help them at all. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just like, a, it's a conversation killer too. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I guess. The, f- you know, like, the fact that you have that awareness is so good. Yeah. And that comes from the whole meditation thing is that you're much more aware of, your thoughts and the language that you're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you meditating? Oh. Um, so it's not, I used to meditate a long time ago and I would sit down in a chair and I would just focus on my breathing and close my eyes and I would envision um, my thoughts as a river mm-hmm. and they would, they were just going by me and I would just observe them and they were just flowing. Right. Yeah. And they would often like circle around and thoughts would come back and I'll just keep, sending them down the river (laughs) it sounds sounds crazy no i like it and i would breathe in and i would have this um this mantra of the words were i was i would breathe in and say i am at peace Mm. and i would like i would breathe out Mm -hmm. and i 
a lot of anxiety and like my within a month my anxiety was totally controlled oh wow it was crazy so since then i really haven't had anxiety like that even though i don't do that meditation anymore now my meditation is like it's active more so um so especially when i'm driving up north i consider that like meditating like i'm completely turned off i don't even recognize how much time it takes me anymore uh i I'm just like in the zone, either listening to mm-hmm. a podcast or audio book and just like breathing and really, really digesting it. I consider that meditative. Um, Cause you're extremely and, present. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and even just through everyday life now, like I said, like I'm very hyper aware of everything people are saying that I'm saying mm-hmm. I that like sort of a meditative state, even though I'm distracted by other things. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and just random deep breathing throughout the day. Like I don't sit down and give myself 10, 15 minutes, even though I probably, I want to get back to that. I just don't think of doing it. So, um, but every once in a while I'll take like 10 seconds and just breathe and close my eyes and just think mm. <laughs> for those. Things. And it just, I don't know. I feel way more grounded now than I ever have just, and very aware. So. I'm sitting here listening to you say that. And I just keep thinking, I want to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be more like that. (laughs) An awesome place to be. And I think, okay, here we go. So you're not, I think whatever happens in our childhoods kind of leads us to who we are Mm -hmm. as adults Mm -hmm. in some senses. So if like you're a very hyperactive person, who knows what happened? If you're very like nervous or like you're more chill or mellow or whatever some whatever happened in your childhood Mm -hmm. so i think you and i differ i'm relating this to coaching yeah is that i was i think i was always pretty good at being aware of what i was saying to people Uh um and i think doing the meditating and stuff just built on that so i got better at it Mm, okay Um, better at like being a people person and, and like reading people and be- being way better at listening. Um, but that being said, just because someone grows up to become like a hyper person who's like everywhere and like can't, doesn't really want to listen is like the, the, the loud mouth or like party animal. And I'm relating this back to my friend that I've recently reconnected with mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't get good at slowing down, being more patient and listening. Yeah. Um, because that's the growth mindset. Yeah. The fix, the fixed mindset says you're born. LeBron James was born <laughs> with these crazy talents being large athlete. And that's just the way he is. And I'm just not like that. Do you know how much work he had to put in? Yes. Like, yeah. There's, there's tons of people out there that are as tall as LeBron James, as big as him, that just didn't put in work. Yep. Right? So that's the growth versus fixed mindset. Yep. And that's a whole other podcast episode. So mm-hmm. um, what were we talking about? That was about? great. Um, we were talking about strategies that you use to feel more balanced. Right. And meditation yeah, my, is a big one. Yeah. For me, yeah. And like, um, hiking is also, was also a big meditation. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the biggest one for my buddy has been, his life completely changed, which I think I'm going to do an episode with him. Yeah, you should. Um, 
Yeah. Cause he, he's like really opened my eyes. Like he's gone on these crazy hikes, like really, really cool places. And he has completely switched around um, his mindset and his, his life just from talking about it. So hiking is another great one. Like just to get out there and get away mm-hmm. from it all. It's cool. I like that. That's another strategy. All right. I think, um, I don't know. Um, I like those strategies a lot and I think I need yeah. to utilize those things more because things like meditation and just getting into a better headspace, like those things seep into every aspect of your life. Right. Like every moment of your life is better and you feel more fulfilled when you're more mm-hmm. present and focused. Yeah. For sure. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the hardest part, I think a lot of people preach meditation and mindfulness mm, yeah. uh, is, is making it realistic in your life. So like I said, I don't sit down and practice like an Eastern style of meditation. It can be literally as simple as taking 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, like before you go coach a class, Connor, you should take 60 seconds just to go sit in the chair in the office and like, yeah, just sit you know, take a break and get in the right mindset. Even before this podcast, like I, I learned to just sit and like take a deep breath once I finished writing everything and just kind of like, okay, here we go. So just making it realistic. I don't know in everybody's life, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, just, just start, mm-hmm. just start. Yeah. I Cause I think that like, with, yeah, with this podcast, like just start, like it does not going to be perfect at first. You're probably going to suck at meditating, even though you can't can't suck at it. It's impossible. Yeah. It is what it is. But you're going to feel like, oh, I didn't get anything out of that. Just start and keep going. And keep going. Yeah. And I think people view meditation as like sitting quietly in a room for an hour. And so they're like, well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But it's like you're you're literally asking (laughs) for seconds. Like like, take a deep pause and take a deep breath. You just did meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was possible. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the thick mindset too, is like, I could never do that. Mm, yes. Do yeah. Right. You, you can be the type of person that does it. You take a couple seconds. Okay. Mm-hmm. What were you about to say? Um, I, I don't meditate very often. I've used that headspace app before, um, yeah. which it gives you guided 10 minute meditations which i enjoy and it helps me sleep um so i'll do that from time to time um but i think one thing i tend to do is when i feel spread thin or out of balance i like to use this strategy of outsourcing and it's just to clear up more space in my life by literally hiring other people to do things for me. Right. And so that, that yeah. sounds like very, um, I don't know. I don't know how that sounds. Um, like, Oh, I hire people to do my, to do <laughs> like, chores for, for me. Like, um, but I'm thinking it's like, it's like babysitters. Yes. I'm thinking of things like hire babysitter, hire, someone to grocery shop for you. Like you do that for people, right? So like you're a ship shopper. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like hire someone else to go to the grocery store for you. Hire like if you are behind on laundry and it's stressing you out, just use a laundry service one week or like I always outsource meal prep because right, yeah. I uh, ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go meals. Um, do you remember the jingle you made for it? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I could sing it right now. It's the best meal of the day. Ready to go. Hooray. <laughs> oh, my God, that's terrible. Do you remember? <laughs> I do remember it now. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, right. But I, I outsource meal prep every week because it saves me. I don't have to spend time on my weekends prepping food. And then if I don't have food prepped, then I don't eat and I get in trouble. Like that's when, yeah. Like your health. Then my health, then I dropped my health ball. (laughs) Your health ball. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Outsource things like hire the next door neighbor to mow your lawn. Just clear up more space in your life. Right. Um, so that's a good strategy that I like to use. Yeah. That's great. I think that's a huge one that people can utilize. Um, okay. Okay. Connor, let, let's start wrapping this up. Okay. Okay. Um, so based on, uh, based on everything we talked about, I want you to take, okay, we're at 53 minutes. I want you to take the next 60 to 90 seconds to mm-hmm. describe your perfect day. Go. Oh, okay. Perfect day. Perfect day. Yep. Perfect day. What's that? Most ideal day. Most ideal day. Right. Perfect normal day. Um, wake up without an alarm, probably to the sun rising. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I would have a pretty solid morning routine. So I would drink coffee read, journal, meditate. Um, I would, I would work. I'm very fulfilled by work and it gives me, it gives me lots of purpose. Um, I would go to work and I would do exactly what I'm doing now. I would coach. I would probably coach for like three to four hours and I would meet with like athletes and clients. Um, and then every day I want to do something creative. So every single day I want to create something, whether it's podcast or it's designing something. Um, but I just really enjoy being creative. And then I would end my days with, cooking dinner, eating at a dinner table with really good conversation. Um, and I would probably read, read before bed. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny because thinking about my perfect day, it's not that big of a shift from where I am now. That's huge. But yeah. And it's interesting, but then there's so many things that I'm doing now that I'm not doing in my perfect day. That would be so easy to shift. Like I didn't, I didn't say part of my perfect day was watching TV. Right. 
or I don't know, going on social media. But those are things I do now that I could do less of. Yeah. So um, anyway, it would be easy to start taking steps down to down the road to get closer to that perfect day. Yeah, I think when we describe our perfect day too, we don't think about um, the perfect day is like is like the meat of the sandwich, but we don't think about the slices of bread. So, like the day before and the day after. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to do your perfect day every day, I mean, you know, it might get exhausting after a while, right? Mm, yeah. Too much. Yeah. Too much routine. Yeah. I don't know what that. Yeah. Whatever. That yeah. sounds really cool. It's so cool that you're you're so close to your actual perfect day. Yeah, it's great. It's, a lot of people have, don't even have a clue. Yeah, we do this exercise a lot, and this is kind of like the perfect Tuesday. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. what what's your perfect day? Okay. Okay. So I wake up. My my uh, spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> Ignite my this... lightsaber uh-huh. and board my X-wing. Uh huh. Just kidding. Um, my perfect day. That'd be awesome, but realistic. Um, I would. I would also wake up without an alarm. Probably in the the realm of between six thirty and seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, I want to be up before Jess because she likes when I'm up before her. But she gets up so early; it's tough. Um, so I want to be up before Jess. I would like to have a slow morning. So the first half hour to 45 minutes of the day are just spent either drinking coffee or tea or looking outside or playing with the dogs or just, mm-hmm. just having a slow morning. Um, the next thing I would do is probably be going to a, um, a clinic where – uh, like a physical therapy clinic where it's 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 privately owned so mm. i would be working et who started their own business mm-hmm. and I, i'm going for an assistantship so i, I would need an actual pt yeah. there with me um, to actually own the business and, and do that so something that i would have a hand in building i would want to go work somewhere like that for maybe like the first i would probably see seven to ten patients then I would go. Um, I would go work out with Jess after that, sometime mid afternoon around three. Um, we would come home. We would start cooking dinner. I would like to go on a little boat ride. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Um, and then come in and. I don't just, just honestly, just lounge. I think making, like you said, a podcast or working on my, on this brand, I guess we're building Mm -hmm. is hugely fulfilling. I want to keep doing it. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Overall, like my perfect day, like whatever my work is, whether it's physical therapy or this or coaching, I want to be a part of something that I'm building. Mm, Yes. So no matter what my day looks like, I want to be building something, an idea or a company or helping people. 
is ultimately the goal. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I just want to, I honestly want to end the day with um, just hanging out on the couch with Jess or the dogs. Yeah. Quality time. Yeah. Sandwiching the busy day with a slow morning and a slow night. And, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so that would be the most ideal day for me. Yeah. Cool. It's a great day. Good. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else, Connor? Um, I think just to end this, ooh, 15 seconds, and then we're at 60 minutes. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I think just to end this, like the whole premise behind the five life balls and balance is you just have to remember to treat your balls with care and attention. <laughs> And you are so, so right. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> cool. But yeah. Going back to the beginning of the episode, this was about juggling your life by the balls. Yes. So good. Good. Way to, way to bring it full circle, Connor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that was it. That's it for this one. Um, next week, I think Corey is going to be back on talking about something TBD. Okay. And uh, this was a lot of fun, though, I think. We, we did some damage here. It's awesome. Yeah, this was fun. All right, Connor. I will talk to you later. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.